morning. Isn't it good to be here? Hey, man, I'm glad that y'all are here. I am glad that you have decided to be in the Lord's house. If you're watching online, hello, good morning. We are glad that you are able to see us, and we uh, miss you, I'm sure, if you are not here. But um, we, we have some people who are not feeling well, and so just um, pray for pray for them. Since last night, even, just not feeling well at all. So please do uh, pray that the Lord will help them. And um, I think I just saw somebody pull up, and if that's who I think it is, you might need to encourage him to get inside. It may not be him, but it looks like it's him. Uh, anyway, I just it's it may not be. If it is, tell him to come on. Um, if it isn't him, tell him to come on too. They're they're pulling up. Get get on in here. Indeed, we just we compel them. We compel them to come in. If you see them in the hedges, just pull them on out and tell them to get inside the Lord's house. Anyway, um, <laughs> but we are. We're glad that you're here. We had so much. Mom just made a ton of spaghetti, a ton of spaghetti. So stay after church and eat some spaghetti because it is, it, it'll just get to, get to get frozen, if, um, and you'll see it again later if you... Uh, if you do not eat it today so stay here if you're watching and you get hungry about 12 o'clock come on over to the fellowship hall and we're gonna have some spaghetti but um make sure that you are that you are doing that we, we want some fellowship with you um next uh the next first sunday meal we're gonna go by our the first letter of our first name so whatever you would like to bring that begins with the first letter of your first name we just want to uh, encourage you and dad has already said he wants to bring liver so yes go ahead um don't know how much liver and onion i don't know i'll eat some onions and maybe some gravy i don't know but i, I have a liver i don't need more but um anyway we just um we want to encourage you to do that also the joy club um so if you are 60 and older you are or if your spouse is 60 and older you are welcome to be part of the joy club and they are going to be going to the uh, to the senior adult camp meeting, and that is going to be at the Lake Harvest Church God in Davidson. They're going to meet here at ten o'clock on uh, on Monday morning, and head over at ten thirty to the um, to the Lake Harvest Church. So there there's going to be some good preachers preaching. We've heard and so if you would like to participate with the with the Joy Club. Um, Pastor Joiner is heading that up, so you just come to him. Brother Joiner, I don't know, Dad, is heading that up. So if you want to, um, if you want to let him know that you're planning to attend, that might be helpful. But hey, he'll stick around in the parking lot for a little while and head on over. Uh, any other announcements? We will certainly let you know. So I'm I'm going to tell this story because um, I think that. A few people didn't think that I could make this into something, but hey, <laughs> you don't know me. So the other day, um, there was a, through our kitchen window, out on our back porch, we saw a squirrel sitting on the chair. We have some Adirondack chairs out there, and, and there was a little squirrel sitting out there. I say little, he was big. And, um, and our cat was looking out the the door the window of the door but he he wasn't looking at the squirrel he was just looking outside I don't know, longingly and Shane said he can't even see the squirrel 
And I said, I guess not. And he said, he's going to see it eventually. And so he just kind of, you know, poised, waiting for the cat to see the squirrel. Didn't happen. So he said, I'm going to show it to him. So Shane picks up the cat. And he brings it over to the, to the uh, window, the kitchen window, which is right over the sink. And, and he's holding him. And he's like, look, look at, look at the squirrel. And instead of Romy, <laughs> okay, <laughs> me and Jesus know. Um, <laughs> so we, you know, he's like, look at the squirrel. And, and Romy would not. He was, all he could see was that he was over the sink, you know, and he was like, what is going on? And he was squirming and he was like clawing at Shane and Shane was trying to get a hold of him and he started clawing me and finally Shane dropped him. He's like, I was just trying to show you this squirrel. And it's just very disappointed that the cat was not as interested in the squirrel as he was. And and I was telling this story as a as a funny. And someone said, Oh, you should make that a life related learning lesson. <laughs> like, you don't think I can? Because the Lord wants us to see things that are ahead. He wants us to look forward. He wants us to be focused on the good that he has planned and intended for us. But sometimes all we can see is the valley. All we can see is I'm just dangling out here in the middle of nowhere. And how can I have faith in this circumstance? But I'm going to tell you, if the Lord is holding you, you don't have anything to worry about. Amen. Let's stand this morning and go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your goodness, your mercy, your blessings and grace. God, I thank you that you hold us in the palm of your hand. God, that there is nothing that can come against us that is not first passed through your hand. God, we just thank you and we praise you for how great and how wonderful you are. God, we lift you up. We want to thank you today that, that you're with us in the middle of every circumstance. I thank you and I praise you that we can always find something to worship you for. God, I just ask now that you would have your will and your way in each and every life. God, there is no one who is here by accident, but we are each here to receive from you. God, I know that you have an intended purpose for each of our lives. God, those who have come in burdened or with pains and cares of this world, God, those who have come in physically, mentally, emotionally in pain, I just pray that your healing presence would be with them right now. God, if there is anyone who has come in with burdens, I pray you would lift them. With chains, I pray you break them. God, we just ask your will be done in this place, that we would honor you and please you, God, for each person who is watching, for those who can't be here for whatever reason, for sickness or difficulties. God, I just pray that as they're watching, they would be filled with the Holy Spirit. God, that your presence would be with them, that they would feel the touch of your holiness. God, just work and move in each of our lives. God, I pray that everything that is said and done today, from the very first prayer to the very last prayer, would lift you up and bless you. God, we thank you for all that you do and all that you are. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We lift you up. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The splendor of a king Clothed in majesty Let all the earth rejoice All the earth rejoice He wraps himself in light 
and darkness tries to hide and trembles at his voice and trembles at his voice how great is our god sing with me how great is our god oh we'll see how great how great is our God. Age to age He stands, and my time is in His hands. Beginning and the end, beginning and the end. The Godhead three in one. You are Father, Spirit, and Son. The Lion and the Lamb. The Lion and the Lamb. How great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. Hallelujah, 
happen is a melody I raise a hallelujah Heaven comes to fight for me I'm gonna sing in the middle of the storm Louder and louder You're gonna hear my praises roar Up from the ashes Hope will arise Death is defeated The King is Everything inside of me, I raise a hallelujah. I will watch the darkness flee. Oh, I raise a hallelujah in the middle of this mystery. I raise a hallelujah Fear you've lost your hold on me So I'm gonna sing In the middle of the storm Louder and louder You're gonna hear my praises roar Up from the ashes Hope will arise Death is the King is alive. Sing a little louder. Sing a little louder in the presence of my enemies. Sing a little louder, louder than the unbelief. Sing a little louder, my weapon is a melody. Sing a little louder, heaven comes to fight for me. Sing a little louder, in the presence of my enemies. Sing a little louder, louder than the unbelief. Sing a little louder, my weapon is a melody. Sing a little louder, heaven comes to fight for me. I'll sing a little louder in the presence of my enemies. Sing a little louder, louder than the unbelief. Sing a little louder, cause my weapon is a melody. Sing a little louder, heaven comes to fight for me. Sing a little louder. I'm gonna sing in the middle of this storm. Louder and louder. You're gonna hear my praises roar up from the ashes. Hope will arise. Death is defeated. The King is alive. I'm gonna sing in the middle of my storm louder and louder you're gonna hear my praises roar from the ashes hope 
hope will arise. Death is defeated. The King is alive. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He is worthy of praise. He is worthy of praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. starts changing I'm gonna worship till I mean every word cause the way I feel and the fear I'm facing doesn't change who you are or what you deserve I'll give you my worship I give you my worship you still deserve it. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy of my song. I pour out your praises in blessing and breaking. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy of my song. I'm going to live like my king is risen gonna preach to my soul that you've already won and even though i can't see it i'm gonna keep believing that every promise you've made is as good as done i give you my worship you still deserve it. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy of my song. I pour out your praises in blessing and breaking. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy of my song. You're worthy. You're worthy. Jesus, you're worthy of my song. You're worthy. You're worthy. Jesus, you're worthy of my song. You're worthy. You're worthy. Jesus, you're worthy of my song. You're worthy. You're worthy. When I sat by that hospital bed, you were worthy. When I could barely lift my head, you were worthy. And after all those tears were shed, you were worthy. I'll never stop singing your praise. I'll never stop singing your praise. And in the blessing and the pain, you are worthy. Whether you say yes or no or wait, you are worthy. Through it all, I'll choose to say that you are worthy. I'll never stop singing your praise. I'll never stop singing your praise. 
when I finally see your face, I'll cry worthy. When you wipe those tears away, I'll cry worthy. And above every other name, you are worthy. I'll never stop singing your praise. I'll never stop singing your praise. I give you my worship. I give you my worship. You still deserve it. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy of my song. I pour out your praises in blessing and breaking. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy of my song. Sing that again. I give you my worship. You still deserve it. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy of my song. I pour out your praises in blessing and breaking. You're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy of my song. You're worthy. You're worthy. Jesus, you're worthy of my song. You're worthy, you're worthy. Jesus, you're worthy of my song. You're worthy, you're worthy. Jesus, you're worthy of my song. You're worthy, you're worthy. You are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. For from you are all things. For from you are all things. And to you are all things. You deserve the glory. Sing that again. You're worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. From you are all things. For from you are all things. And to you are all things. You deserve the glory. Sing that one more time. You're worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. For from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. Give him your worship this morning. Thank you, Lord, for all that you do. You are so great. Hallelujah. Oh, bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and all that is in me, bless his holy name. Amen. Oh, I'm still feeling good in my sanctified soul. Hallelujah. God is so good. God is so good. Praise the Lord. Uh, I kept it from uh, Jennifer all week that Michael was 
going to be here for the service. Hallelujah. I did it the whole week, Michael. Amen, 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 amen. Um, <clears throat> Michael does uh, occasionally come up from Kinston area, which is uh, two or three uh, minutes from here. <laughs> and uh, he'll, he'll just have lunch with us sometime, and, and we'll see him again in two, three weeks, and and uh, but he gets here in time to have lunch for with us, and so he told me this week he was planning to be here and and be here for the whole service. Our oldest son, um, and those of you can, uh, as you're having lunch with us today, you can meet uh, our oldest son. Now you know our oldest daughter, Leneva, and she's going to be. Um, singing probably in a little bit. Um, I'm glad that uh, Ronnie brought her today. I appreciate that so much. I'm glad you're here. Praise God. Look around at your neighbor say, you look good. Praise the Lord. I'll tell you, if you missed the singing last night, you missed a great time. That was a, a wonderful singing. I enjoyed having... Bonnie sing. I, I could sit and listen to Bonnie sing a long time. Amen. Praise you the Lord. How good is our Lord. Now we sang about singing unto the Lord. And uh, next week I'll, I'll spend more time with this. But 119, in Psalm 119, it's got a few verses. Uh, David said in one of those verses, he said, I will sing unto the Lord all my life. Whew. Hallelujah! I'll sing. But this morning we want to remind ourselves of our mission. And uh, I was on the S of, of mission last week when I asked you to speak to, uh, challenge you to speak to two people. Uh, and say that Jesus loves you and do it in a very serious kind of way. And uh, on the back, our vision, and, and uh, where is it that I'm not doing my best and let me do my best, Lord? What is my, what is my role? And I'll tell you, I hear preachers on the TV uh, speaking more and more and more. Uh, one today was raising his fist as though, no, a couple of them, that we need to touch lives in this community and in this world because uh, one of them had spoke of it's the 12 o'clock hour. It's time Jesus is coming back again. Don't you believe it? Amen. I wonder what uh, <coughs> Robin will bring for first Sunday meal. What's what's R? That's what? Rehearsal. Mount Ribs. Praise God. Uh -huh. Hallelujah. Uh, Sister Powell, what, 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 uh, with a V, do we need to change your name so that you, well, you'll, you'll find out something with a V. Um, hallelujah. Amen. Yeah, and I, Lord willing, I'll bring the liver and onions if my wife will allow 
I mean, if she'll fix it for me. And uh, uh, so, and maybe lasagna because that's an L too. Praise God. Uh, but Jesus is still coming, I'll tell you. He is coming. It's been mentioned that, that we will, and, and we'll talk more about it next Sunday. Uh, those of us that are, I think you're over 60, and uh, a camp meeting environment, and it's real close. We can run over there and hear good preaching and worship the Lord. And, and uh, So let's uh, plan on doing that uh, together and leaving here at the same time. And uh, uh, I think it'll be a, just a few minute drive. It's not, it's not far at all. Amen. Uh, a memory verse for us over the years, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Now, we do understand that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks what words, and, and those words need to be order of God, blessed of God, guided by God. Oh, help me, Father, in the name of Jesus. His word is precious. In the beginning, God. Hallelujah. And John tells us a little more about it. He said, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. Uh, the word was God. And, and we need to understand that the word is important. Um, Jeremiah 15, 16, one of Brother Mike's favorite scriptures is, uh, he liked the message I preached on that. Uh, Thy words were found, and I did eat them, and they were the joy and rejoicing of my heart. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're seeing something here. He's saying, receive my word, learn my word, uh, grasp it, let it become a part of you. Hallelujah. Isn't that ongoing development? Isn't that what that's all about? Lord, let that word dwell in me and stay in me. Hallelujah. My mother often wanted us to please learn the word. My mother, back years ago, felt like that there were going to be police or military at the front door taking our Bibles. I mean, uh, you know, how... And, 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 and you would think that would be crazy. But isn't it amazing how the Word is slipping away from people today? Hallelujah. The devil, the enemy of our soul, is taking the Word from our classrooms, taking the Word from courthouses, and it's almost if you are a Christian, you are a marked individual. You've got a sort of an X on your back. And then Colossians 3 and 16. <clears throat> that we should receive that word of God. And that word of God should teach us. And we should teach others and admonish others and strengthen others with it. It's a learning process. 
and that we sing with grace. Oh, my, that we sing that word with grace unto the Lord. Praise God. Isn't God wonderful? Oh, I bless Him for healing power. I bless Him for loving me. Praise God. Isn't it amazing that God loves unlovable people? Praise God. He loves everybody. It's amazing. He loves everyone. And we're in it together, aren't we? We're all in the same bucket. And I'll tell you, if we're looking for His coming, He will appear the second time in the salvation. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Is there somebody here that will brag on Jesus today? God's been good to you in some manner, in some fashion. Oh, yes. Oh, we love you. Praise God. Bless the Lord. Amen. Oh, God, have mercy. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Somebody else brag on the Lord. Amen. Don't wait on anyone else. Just go ahead and, and brag on Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise his name. For he is good. Hallelujah. He is good. Bless his name. Bless his name. <clears throat> Amen. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Yes. He does. Oh, it's so wonderful. Hallelujah. Boy, if you want to get some praise a little bit, get in the middle of that Psalms. And then he said, oh, let's together magnify the Lord. And he said, let us exalt his name together. Would you let's give him, oh God, we give you the glory. To you it belongs, amen and amen and amen. Oh, to God does belong the glory. He's a wonderful Lord. Amen. And we love him. Uh, Brother Mike is, uh, I think they're taking uh, son-in-law to, uh, to see a doctor or to the hospital or something. He's having some problems. So Brother Mike is not here to receive the offering, but I'll do the best I can. Okay? Amen. I want you to prepare your hearts to give. In your tithing and in your offering, worship him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God doesn't need our money, but he needs for us 
to be cheerful to give it. Hallelujah. Because I'll tell you, he can take it all back. Have you ever been there? Oh, my God. But he can. Glory. But as surely as he can take it back, he's willing through our obedience to him to give back to us again. Oh, we got a good God. We got a good God. Amen. Our ushers coming to wait upon you. Hallelujah. You give as you're giving unto the Lord. Please do that. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for this day and all of you blessing. <laughs> thank you, Father, for loving us. Oh, thank you, Father, for loving us. And God, thank you for through us that we can love others and bless others. Father, we are not Abraham, but we are blessed to be a blessing. Now make me a blessing now as I give and share and worship you in our giving of tithe and offering today. Please accept our love gift today because we truly love you. Would your attention be upon the need of all the people? And Lord, would you touch every need according as your riches are. By Christ Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah. Give us given unto the Lord. can't tell you why you're walking through this valley and I can't tell you just how long you've got to stay and I can't tell you why your heart feels so unsettled 
or when this all will change. But I can tell you there is something you can lean on. It's a promise that won't bend and it won't break. It will keep you when your future is uncertain. You're not out of grace. When the darkness overwhelms you, fear just won't subside. When your questions outweigh answers on those long and lonely nights, friend, you gotta keep on moving. He's with you in the valley of despair. He won't leave you there. He is with you when you think you just won't make it. He is right there when it looks like hope is lost. You're going to find out he's nothing less than faithful. So keep holding on, keep holding on. When the darkness overwhelms you and the fear just won't subside, when the questions outweigh answers on those long and lonely nights, and you gotta keep on moving, He is with you. won't leave you there there has never been there has never been a moment there will never be a day he's not strong enough to answer he's not strong enough to say just won't subside when your questions outweigh answers on those long and lonely nights friend you gotta keep on moving he is with you oh when the darkness overwhelms you and the fear just won't subside when your questions outweigh answers on those long and lonely nights friend you gotta Keep on moving. He's with you in the valley of despair. He won't leave you there. He won't leave you Questions outweigh answers. It's like, the question is, why does Jennifer keep insisting? I talk like that when I'm at home with the with Romy, Michael, Ronnie. 
That's not the way I am, guys. Just let, just let, just put my foot down when I get home. <laughs> All right, good morning. It is now time to receive prayer requests this morning. Sister Robin. Well, let's pray for, yes, let's pray for Stephen that he gets to feeling better so we can get him in here. Sister Hager. Yes. Let's pray for Sister Hager, her boys, and her prayer requests, please. Brother Mike. Let's pray for Brother Mike's wife, complete healing in her body. Anyone else? Let's pray for Neva's children. I'm going to pray for my mom. She's not feeling well. She needs serious prayer. Jennifer. Pray for Sister Judy that she gets to feeling better. And let's pray for Kim and Jason and complete healing in Jason's body. If that's it, oh, Sister Shuggy. Yes. Let's pray that this trial works for Linda, Sister Shuggy's sister. Sister. Pray for Sister Judy's sister and daughter. And uh, yeah, a lot of travelings. Uh, Gigi, Pop Pop, Gretchen. Pray that Amanda gets feeling better today. Um, pray for Pop Pop's back. Anyone else? If not, raise hands for unspoken requests. Stand with me as we take these to the Lord, please.
Now time to fellowship.
in here, but y'all are welcome to come to the house and see. I'm just saying. <coughs> how he acts and what he said, how he sounds. <laughs> Bless it. Anyway, we are glad that you are here today. And once again, if you plan to, if you don't have any plans for lunch, plan to stay here, eat some uh, spaghetti. I think Mom's heating it up right this second. She'll be here. She'll be back in a second. But, but getting it started. So. Uh, we did have a great time last night. I I left. Um, you know, Shane and I were were driving home. And I said they're just so nice. They're so sweet. All of the all of the Bonnie and the, the whole family. They're just so sweet. Um, in addition to the fact that they can sing really w- nicely, but they're they're just good, sweet people. And and um, we didn't mention to pray for them this morning. But Lord help them, and I hope that everything's going okay with their uh, with their van situation they were they were struggling yesterday with their with their van breaking down but just uh, pray for them that they'll be able to to get that up and running thank you so much for your giving yesterday as well they were really blessed and and uh, thank you so very much so it's not what you think (laughs) for the past five sermons uh, we've we've had a series about grace grace period and if you haven't listened to them, they're on our website, um, churchofgodcornelius.org. Go back and listen. I, was, I hope that everyone was as blessed as I was. Last week, our subject was abusing grace. And, and we asked the questions, how can I know if I'm abusing grace? And there are a couple of questions that we can ask ourselves. Well, are all things new or are they basically the same? Because if I am if I'm living for the Lord, He promises to make all things new. He, he makes us a new creation. So if I'm living new, then I'm living under grace. But if everything's basically the same, then I'm still stuck where I have been. And I possibly am heading back and abusing the grace of God. The second question that we asked was, are you living under the law or under grace? Living under the law is a blanket of condemnation. It is... It is sadness and guilt and shame because I keep desiring to go back to these things, but then I I am living in a cycle of sin, feel bad, beg for forgiveness, try to do right. The desire to sin pulls me back away. I sin, I feel bad, I beg for forgiveness, and I'm living in a cycle. That's That's living under the law, but living under grace is that God gives me the power to live righteously that's what grace does for us so I hope that we learn that and I hope that through that series we we understood that grace is the unearned undeserved favor of God that it is for each of us it is available to us without measure and that it fraps me up if y'all don't hey if you know you know if you don't you need to go back and listen um, that one, <laughs> that one's going to stick with me for a long time. So <laughs> I hope that, that it will for everyone else. But for the next few weeks, we're going to be challenging our thinking on certain subjects. We're going to be beginning a new series, Concatenation. It's not what you think. Uh, years ago, a writer named Jefferson Bethke wrote a book with this same title, It's Not What You Think. And each chapter title was a different biblical concept, um, a a common Christian theme, 
that he wanted his readers to see in a different way. He would use scripture and experience to kind of deepen our understanding of different types of things. Uh, Worship is not what you think. The Sabbath is not what you think. And he would give examples, and through God's word, you know, this is, it. it's not the way we've always thought about it. Now, I'm not going to be touching his subjects, but it was a catchy title, so I'm going to take that from him. So, as we use this premise of it's not what you think, today, as we begin, I want you to, you don't have to say it out, but in your mind, I want you to think, what's the worst sin? That's okay. That's all right. Glory. Um, <laughs> what's the worst sin? Out of all the sins that you can think of, and I know each person probably has their own idea of what it is. I'm not asking you to, to say it out, but, but in your mind, just be thinking. And as we, as we read through here, think, what's the worst sin? You know, what have you heard or read or experienced in your own life? What, through God's word, what do you think is the worst sin? Well, certainly different sins have varied levels of consequence. Okay? There, there are some sins that we think, ah, oh, this is not a big deal because it only hurts me. I'm not hurting anybody but myself. It's not a big deal. Or there are some sins that, that you commit them and they're going to have lasting implications and it's forever going to change the lives of, of whomever. So we think, we gauge them. Okay, what is, this one's the very worst, and the people who commit this sin are the very worst people. But this one, ah, I do this one, so it's not so bad. So again, as, you're, as we're reading, as we're listening, be thinking. So hearing the word of the Lord, we're going to be in Revelation today. Revelation chapter 21. John the Beloved, who wrote the book of the, the gospel according to John, who wrote the books of 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, has now become John the Revelator. So he wrote five different books of the Bible. He was the only disciple who was not martyred. So of all those 12 who had followed Jesus, well, Judas, had he, he went out and... and took his own life but of the 11 who were faithful to Jesus John was the only one who was not martyred but he was tortured and persecuted and ultimately he was exiled to this island called Patmos and it was there around the year 95 AD so decades after Jesus had been on earth and then ascended back to heaven that he received this revelation and there's actually, you can go to the island of Patmos now, and there's a particular cave, and they assume that different excavators have, have decided, historians have said, this is where John received the revelation. And it could be, maybe not, but, but the island is still there. So he, res he was writing these things down. Jesus himself came to John and said, write down these things. And he gave him these letters for seven different churches in Asia Minor. And he said, you know, this is what is good about you, and this is what I have against you, and here's where you need to straighten up, and here are the things that, that you need to overcome. But not only was that book written to those seven churches, and it was written and distributed to them, but it's written for us, because we are living in the last days. Shane and I were talking to somebody just yesterday, 
and he said and the man is older and he said you know i've heard it since i was little that uh jesus is coming and i said yes but it's closer now than it ever was it's closer than it was when you were five years old you know however many 60 65 years ago that it's closer now and it's just as true now and even more so because jesus is coming soon so the lord gave john a vision of the ultimate intention of heaven and earth starting in verses starting in verse 1 and we'll read through 5 to begin with chapter 21 and i saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea and i john saw the holy city new jerusalem coming down from god out of heaven prepared as a bride adorned for her husband and i heard a great voice out of heaven saying behold the tabernacle of god is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and god himself shall be with them and be their god and god shall wipe away all tears from their eyes and there shall be no more death neither sorrow nor crying neither shall there be any pain for the former things are passed away and he that sat upon the throne said behold i make all things new and he said unto me write for these words are true and faithful so he saw new heaven and new earth the word here new is a word that relates to freshness not necessarily age so it's not as though it was instantly created and here it comes but it's a it's an idea of a fresh heaven and a fresh earth ones that were unused by anyone previous the former heaven and earth will be gone jesus even said that heaven and earth would pass away he said heaven and earth shall pass away it is it is a definite shall pass away but my words will never pass away and john even recorded jesus saying i go to prepare a place for you and i will come again and receive you to myself that where i am there you can be also so when we think about this this new heaven and new earth has been being created since jesus ascended back to heaven he said i'm going to prepare a place for you so it's a place that is that's been being built for the past two thousand years but it's not been used yet so he's creating this place for his bride to dwell he's making a place for us to come home to him and he says that as he was as he was seeing this new heaven and new earth come down there was no more sea and we wonder why is it that there was no sea why is there no no ocean well a few possibilities at that time there will no longer be any need for trade or travel or sustenance which derive from the sea when when the new heaven and new earth come down we won't need to rely on uh, sea life to to sustain us because god is the sustainer we will we will not necessarily have to go on boats to travel to places i really hope that that it's like you can think of a place and go there because that'd be great i'd be thinking about places all the time that's just a side note i don't know that it will be that way but i hope it will be 
but there'll be no no more need for the sea but also ancient jewish feelings regarding the sea were that it was a place of danger it struck fear in the hearts of those who were of jewish descent consider that when they were trying to escape from uh, from egypt and from pharaoh they came to the red sea and the sea loomed before them and they thought how on earth are we going to get across and this miraculous occurrence happened that that god told moses you know put out your staff and then the the sea was parted and they walked through on dry ground so they saw these miracles happening with the sea kind of a, a scary experience and as time went on we see through the psalms he talks about making his bed in the depths and uh, when he's he's saying when there is turmoil when there are waves crashing when things are going wrong i know that you're with me so again this was imagery for for bad things happening think about when jesus calmed the sea you know he he was in a boat with all these fishermen who were used to being on the water but still they were afraid of the sea and the unknown and jesus stood out on the boat and said peace be still and he calmed the waves and think about when jesus came walking on the sea showing that he was the supreme over all things over all elements that he was able to walk on something that others would sink in and so we see this idea of the sea being kind of tumultuous and out of control but there'll be no more of that when we get to heaven he saw the holy city a fresh jerusalem as a bride who is prepared to walk down the aisle to her husband john goes on to describe the city in further detail if you're interested if you want to know what it's going to look like or need a little reminder in verses 9 through 27 we're not going to look at those today but if you want to look at it it gives you the indication of what that bride is going to look like that that new jerusalem adorned in in sparkling clothing you know the the walls of the walls of jasper and the gates of pearl and the the roads that are made of gold all these different beautiful things and it says that God will make his dwelling there. So when he says the tabernacle of God is with men, he's not saying that there will be a building that comes down as they had experienced in time previous to this. He's saying that God will pitch his tent among us. The, in the message version, it says, look, God has moved into the neighborhood. That when the time comes for the, for the fresh heaven and fresh earth, that God will be there with us, living side by side with us. Just as he's always wanted to. In Eden, you know, he walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. He wanted to spend time with them. He wanted to dwell with them be in fellowship with them in the wilderness his tabernacle was set up in the middle of the camp so that he would be surrounded by his people and his presence would be among them in jerusalem his temple was built in the height of the city so that when people would would come out of their homes they would be able to look up and see there's the temple of god he's with us 
Jesus lived among his disciples for three years, and then he sent the Holy Spirit to come and live in our hearts. God has always wanted to live with us. That's always been his purpose and his intention. And finally, finally, the day will come when Yahweh will make his dwelling, will pitch his tent right beside us. And it said that God will wipe away all tears from our eyes because there will be no more death. There will be no more sorrow or mourning, no crying out, no pain. This word here meaning toil or anguish. There'll be nothing more that will make us sad or weary because the former things, the old ways, have passed. And it says that he makes all things new. And again, this word, fresh. He makes all things fresh. So when we're there, all the old ways are gone. But take a look at verses 6 through 8, it says, And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. And I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh, shall inherit all things and I will be his God and he shall be my son but the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone which is the second death so here we hear again from the Lord who commands John to, to make it plain. Here's another I am statement. We see from, from the beginning in Exodus that the Yahweh, this idea of Yahweh, I am who I am, I am whoever you need me to be. It's a covenant name of God, Yahweh. And we see here the final I am statement, I am Alpha and Omega, beginning and end. I am Alpha first. This is the letter A in the in the Greek alphabet. I am first, and I am Omega, the finality. The commencement and the conclusion. And he said, if anyone is thirsty, I will give this water of life freely. Remember that he is the one who offers living water. So what he has to offer us can satisfy, and it's the only thing that can. And he says, I will give them this life freely. The word here meaning gratuitously, without a cause for generosity. Just because I want to, I'm going to be good. Just because I want to, I'm going to provide for you. And he says that those who overcome, those who conquer or get the victory, will be heirs of the kingdom and children of God. They will have their part in the kingdom of heaven. They will have their part in the fresh heaven and fresh earth. Those who are overcomers, those who are conquerors, those who get the victory. But then he mentions some who will not. John lists eight different types of sins. Jesus spoke to John that those who commit those sins will not have their part. And this word here means to get a section excuse me, they will have a part in the lake of fire, that this word part me means to get a section, an allotment, a share. So we can either 
be conquerors and have a portion of heaven or we can commit these sins and stay in the sin and we'll have a section of the lake that is alight with fire and brimstone. He says that this is the second type of death. The first death is a physical death and that will come to all of us. It's appointed unto man once to die after that the judgment. So if we're part of the first death, that's just, that's just life. That's just the way it is. That's a, a result of living in a fallen world. But death comes. But the second death is separation from God permanently. And before we begin to take a look at this, I was, I was uh, listening to someone just recently who said, that they had been talking, and it was a, a preacher, and I can't remember who it was, probably Dr. Darius, because that's who I listened to most of the time. But he said that, that someone came to him and said, you know, how is it that God sends people to hell? How, how can I serve a God who sends people to hell? And, and that's not the case. That's not the case at all. He gives us a choice. And the thing is, the choice is live for him here and receive eternal life or refuse him here and then because of the result of our choice we are in the lake of fire and brimstone God didn't send us to either place God's not sending anyone either to heaven or to hell it's a choice that we are given because God is good because he doesn't make us robots he gives us a choice. That's part of God's kindness is that he gives us a choice. That he doesn't make us do one thing or another. So oftentimes, you know, we, we do things and then we're not happy with the results of our choice. But, but that's what happens. We're, we're given warnings. We're told this is, the, this is what's going to happen. We're given warnings. But God does not and will not send anyone to hell. The, the fact is, hell was created for Satan and, and the angels that followed Satan. It, it was never intended for humanity. It's a choice that we make. So moving on. So he says that those who will take part in the second death are, and again he gives eight different ones here, the fearful. This word here means timid, cowardly. It's only used three times in the New Testament. It's used once here and then twice when Jesus asked the disciples why they were fearful of the storm. It's when it's in a couple of the gospel writers and Jesus says, why are you so fearful? Why don't you have any faith? So only three times is this particular word used. The second, the unbelieving. Unbelieving here meaning disbelieving or without Christian faith. That covers a whole lot of people. Just those who didn't believe. Who refused to believe. Who had the truth presented to them and said, no, I don't believe that. The abominable. This word here means a stench or to be disgusted. Any kind of, any kind of disgusting sin is covered under this. Murderers. Those who commit intentional homicide. Whoremongers. This means to sell oneself into sexual sin of any kind. 
It is from the Greek pornos, from which we derive pornography. So, those who commit sexual sins of any sort, from from things that we don't think are too harmful, like pornography, or all the way to uh, abuse and different types of sins. Any type of sexual sin is covered under that. Sorcerers. Now, this is interesting. Sorcerers. The word sorcerer literally means drug. So if people are saying, the Bible doesn't tell you not to do drugs, well, it does right here. If you, you know, if you, if you read the Bible and, and try to decide what it says, <clears throat> it means a drug. A spell-giving potion. So any kind of drug that alters your mind. Closely related to those who create magic potions for demonic practice. It's from the Greek word pharmakeos. So drugs, demonic practices, sorcery, witchcraft. And before you say, well, Jennifer said not to take any type of drugs. If the doctor prescribes them for you and you need them, please take them. Okay, <laughs> that's, that's a whole other thing. This is magic potions for the intention of, of being out of control of yourself. Okay, that, that's what he's talking about here. Idolaters. An image worshiper. As I saw this, an image worshiper, those who are covetous, lovers of money, those who are obsessed with maintaining a certain image to the point that they abandon their love for God. I got to look a certain way, and I got to dress a certain way, and I've got to uh, maintain this type of lifestyle so I'm going to become covetous and a, and a workaholic and I'm going to not give to God's ministry because I got too much other stuff going on with myself I need to maintain this image idolaters and all liars untrue deceitful false Lord help us And again, we see these, and this is not an exhaustive list of all the sins, but it covers a lot of different types of sin. And within this list, we see some, some pretty extreme sins, but also there are some that we may recognize when we look in the mirror. Before we judge those out in the world, let us first begin closer to home. This particular idea has been in my, I have a notes app on my phone that I keep all the ideas for, for uh, messages, excuse me, and it's been in there for a while because I read this and it hit me that the very first thing that he mentions, the very first sin that will take us to hell if we commit it is being fearful. The fearful are the first to be mentioned. And that struck me because it's like, okay, we've got murderers here. We've got whoremongers. I mean, they're pretty bad, right? We've got drug users and 
liars and all sorts of but the first thing that he mentions is the fearful these are those of us who are too timid to have faith just as Jesus questioned those disciples why do, you, why do you not think that you'll make it through the storm? I'm right here with you. Why are you so fearful? Why are you so timid? But also, those who have allowed the cares of this world to keep them from maintaining faith. That we get into a place and we say, well, what has God done for me? I might as well give up. Because things look bad. And I just don't, I don't think I can make it. I don't think I can go on. So I'm just going to give up the fearful. But I believe that even worse, this means cowardly. And depending on the version that you use, this is the translation of that word, cowardly. That it's those of us who have faith in Jesus, but fear people more than we fear God. Those of us who are either being lulled to sleep by complacency or silenced by the shouts of those who would call us intolerant and hateful. That I'm fearful to talk about Jesus. I'm fearful to share the hope of God to those who are hurting and lost. Fear, the spirit of fear, is not from God. Paul reminded Timothy that God does not give us a spirit of timidity. These two words are very closely related. The word fear that, that uh, Paul used in 2 Timothy to talk to Timothy, timidity, and also this word here, fearful or timid. So God did not give us that spirit to be timid, to be cowardly. God did not give us this. The fear of God is something completely different. That's a type of respect and awe, being in awe of Him. But God did not place within us a spirit, that, a spirit that makes us timid. He gives us power, love, and a sound mind. So power is force or miracle-working power. So Paul said to Timothy, God has given you power and not just power to be strong but also miracle working power that God himself gives this to us he said that God gives us love in this case agape the type of love that God has a choice that we make to do good for others regardless of how they've treated us a love that chooses to sacrifice even when we don't feel like it. This choice type of love God has given us and that he has given us a sound mind. A calling to soundness of mind, moderation, and self-control. So God has given us the power to control ourselves. Thank you, Lord. Consider all that. God supplied us with the tools to help those who are suffering with all those other sins that are listed. So those who are guilty of the sin of fearful timidity, cowardice, could have 
by the power that was working within them, helped all the rest of those who were in sin. Miracle working power is available to us. Bondage breaking power. Sin conquering power. That will set people free from cycles that have plagued them for years. That power lives within us. But when we are too timid to try to help somebody, too fearful of how they're going to react, then they never get the help they need, and they're steeped in sin, and I could have helped them the whole time. We have been given agape, which is our response to those who are suffering in sin. Not anger, not hatred or disgust, but the compassion of Jesus. Because if he was willing to walk toward me in my sin... I have no reason to run away from others who are in sin. Sometimes I, I think about the things that, that other people are doing, and, and you know, maybe I get a little high and mighty feeling about them. Well, thank goodness I don't do that. But if Jesus himself, we're talking about this in our class on Wednesday night, if Jesus himself would walk toward lepers that no one else was allowed to touch, then there's no reason that we should shy away from helping those who are in sin, who are having a difficult time, because without the grace of God, we'd be there too. And we are called to, and should call others to, sound doctrine, moderation, self-control, to give them the news of freedom, that we do not have to be controlled by our desires. To give somebody that hope. You are not your sin. You are not your sin. So often, some of these, some of these uh, corporations or, or organizations that, that try to help people out of their addiction and thank goodness for those places, but oftentimes they encourage you to say, I am whatever you label yourself as that you you may have been out of it for 20 years but you still have to label yourself as that but the grace of god says i am not my sin i am delivered from that I, i'm not i am not that i don't have to be that anymore i may have been addicted to lying but i i don't have to label myself a liar because i am under the grace of god i can be free I have self-control. And understand the third thing, that the promises of heaven and life with God are available to all overcomers. To those who overcome, to those who get the victory over sin and self, they will inherit all things. They are given a place in heaven. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. And I'll come get you. So that you can be with me. But for those who choose to live their own way, there is only a, a share of the second death. Knowing this should make us all the more diligent to rescue those who are sinning, to not be guilty of the sin of cowardice. So the most loving thing that we can do 
is to help someone come to Christ. That's the, the most loving, kindest thing that we can do for a person is to help lead them to the knowledge of God. Do not succumb to the lie of the enemy that this is being judgmental. This is a clever way that he tries to stop us from witnessing. The accusation that we're being judgmental to people. You judging me. But see, here's the thing. If your house is on fire, and you're in it, I could react a few different ways. Now, if, if I pass by your house, and it's a flame, and I know that you're in there, and I begin listing the reasons that your house may be on fire. Mm. They probably, ha you know they always have candles. They probably let that candle stay on all night long. Lit something on fire. Burning the house down. Mm. You know. They, look at them, probably fell asleep with a cigarette in their hand. You know how they are. Probably laying there and sheets are on fire and that's that's why their house is up in flames right now. You know, that's what you get. If only you'd been a little more careful. If only you had checked your wiring, then that house wouldn't have been catching on fire. That's judgment. That's being judging. That's what Jesus says, you know, judge not lest ye be judged. That, that is being judgmental. Look at you, steeped in your sin. Shame, shame, shame. That's being judgmental. Or I could, I could see that your house is on fire, know that you're inside, but then hesitate at the door. Would they want my help? I don't know. Is that being too pushy? They didn't invite me in, so should I knock down the door? I don't know. I mean, if I if I knock down the door and then I cause damage, and they're not even calling out for help, should I even worry about it right now? I don't know what to do. What if they get upset with me calling nine one one because that calls attention to the fire? Everybody around is going to see. If I call 911 and then they hear the sirens and everybody's going to see that their house is on fire and then they're going to be mad at me because I called attention to it. What do I do? That's cowardice. And that's where the sin comes in because I've let you die. I could have done something about it and I'm, let you I'm letting you perish in the flames. And that's why Jesus says, the sin of cowardice. That sin of, of thinking too much of what the world's going to think about me. When I don't have to stand before the world, I have to stand before God. When I allow that to change my witness... When I say, oh, can I say anything to this person or that person? Because what if they don't want to hear it? Well, no, they may not want to hear it. But with agape, with love, we say there's a better way. You don't have to be labeled by what you've been in. 
for so long. You don't have to be that. That's not who you are. By the grace of God, you can be something else. You can be free and forgiven. Or I could, when I see your house on fire, call on those who have the capability of putting out the fire. And in the meantime, I can approach the door and call your name and pull you out. That is agape. That's what God calls us to. So keep in mind, the fearful, you know, the fearful are the first to be mentioned. And, and I'm not saying that my interpretation of this is the, is the absolute be-all, end-all. But that he does mention it. The fearful are the first to be mentioned. The spirit of fear is not from God. And the promises of heaven and life with God are available to all who overcome, even those who are steeped in sin right now. And if we can just help them out, then they're able to be overcomers as well. As the music plays. Today, you can be free from any sin. You're here, you're watching. You can be free from any sin. Okay, there is there is no time that God will not walk toward you. Father in heaven, God is not put off. God is not put off by our need for Him. That's why Jesus came. So if you're here or you're watching and you need Him, I encourage you today. I tell you there is grace and there is hope for you. But if you're in the midst of of wondering, oh, how can I help this person? How can I give them encouragement? And just ask God to give you that opportunity as we pray today. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We praise you. You are so good. Father, you are so gracious to us and that when our house is on fire you reached in and you pulled us out God I thank you and I praise you that there is nothing that is too bad or too dirty or too sinful that you won't reach down and pull us up I thank you I thank you that that's the reason that you sent Jesus is because you wanted us to have that life with you that you wanted to pitch your tent among us, God, that you always want us with you. I thank you for that kind of friendship, for that kind of community that you want to bring us into. Father, I pray now for anyone who is here or who is watching, who has not received you into their hearts. Father God, who, who may be on the edge who may be on the edge of thinking my sin is too bad and I can't come to God, or who may be thinking I'm not so bad, I think I'm okay, but God help them to understand, to realize that no matter how good or how bad we are, we all have a need for a Savior. Father, I just pray for each heart, each life that is represented. God, for those who are struggling with the with these fearful thoughts. And God, it comes to all of us. 
even your own disciples who were on the boat with you felt timid, felt fearful, felt worried. God, so we can't condemn ourselves or others for feeling that way, but God, we just ask you to overcome it. That you would help us to have opportunities to speak love to those who are hurting and in sin. God, that you would give us the chance to reach out to those who are perishing. Not to be fearful, not to be overcome by this idea that the, of the enemy to say that we're being judgmental. God, to, to not be judgmental. If that's in our hearts, I pray you take it away. God, if that's in my heart, I pray you clean me up. Forgive me, God. Forgive me for any times that I have been judgmental toward those who are struggling with sin. Father, I just ask you right now, you would have your will in each life. Those who are here, those who are watching, whether it's live or later on, I just ask for strength and help in each of our lives. That we would reach out to the parish. That we would have the opportunity. And God, show us those opportunities. Those times that we may think that our day is being interrupted. Help us to recognize that that may be a divine appointment that you just didn't write in our calendar. God, to see that speaking words of encouragement to other people is not an interruption, but it's a divine opportunity. God, help us. God, help us. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing within us, and we just trust that it will continue. Work and move in our lives today, that we honor you and please you in all that we say and do. Father, we say over your people, May Yahweh bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and may he give you his peace. In Jesus' precious name, amen.